After three and a half years working in Darfur, serving a refugee population, I found myself in a job in a place called Peterborough. And I asked myself, what on earth does a Christian do in Peterborough? Then one morning about 11 o'clock, I was playing with my daughter in a, in a playground and began speaking to a man on the bench. His story is the same story here hundreds of times across this country every year. He left prison that morning, but he had nowhere to go and no one to go to. So spending the money he had from, from release, he was already through a bottle of something pretty strong. So I said to him, well, don't worry, I run three hostels. How can I help? Let me get you into one of them. None would take him. He was either too old or they don't take ex-offenders. So I tried Norwich. None would take him. As I left him there, I felt two things. One, very disempowered, but two, I looked around and in my mind's eye I saw half a dozen churches within a kilometre of where I was standing and I thought what is the point of all their worship or all their fasting? They can sing about the poor, they can read the Bible about the poor, but why aren't we doing anything about giving the homeless a home? And that's where Hope Into Action was begun. I'm Ed Walker from Hope Into Action. Matthew 25, 34 to 36. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me in. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Good morning, everybody. I'm joined together with Ed Walker, who is the founder of Hope Into Action. He's joined me uh, at Breton Baptist Church online to share more about uh, Hope Into Action. You, some of you may already know quite a lot about it. Some of you may have already read the book, which is great, but I'm sure there's Plenty of you there that have no knowledge at all. So um, we are privileged to have Ed with us this morning to share um, something about what's going on, what's it all about, and how can we get involved. So I'm going to ask um, Ed the first question and we'll see how it goes from there. So Ed, just give us, um, in your own words, um, summarise Hope Into Action in a succinct, a succinct uh, description as you can. Yeah, well, I, I would say it started 10 years ago this month in Breton Baptist. We opened the first house in partnership with Chris and Nick Campling's home group. It's, in summary, its purpose is to enable churches to house the homeless. We see huge numbers of homeless men and women out on the streets or in sofa surfing or fleeing domestic violence. We see huge resources in the church. Our desire is to bring both together. Um, so... The, the, the tenant, the homeless men and women, they engage with the love of God through the members of the church. And church members, as missionaries, are out of their pews, engaging with the most needy in their community. And in, in some way, both parties grow through that transaction and that relationship. So it's a three-way model? It's a three-way model. So you've got the church, you've got a house, you've got hope into action. And the church provides uh, volunteers, we call them friendship and support group, befrienders, who are there to come alongside, befriend, get to know, pray for the tenants in the house. The house is bought by private investors and then leased to Hope Into Action. And then Hope Into Action provide a professional key worker 
do the kind of stuff that churches don't necessarily want to do, collect rent, sort the house out, um, and liaise with other agencies and ensure there's a kind of quality standard throughout all we do. But our aim, is, and when we define success, when our tenants are loved by members of the church. That's great. That's, that's quite an unusual model, isn't it? Because um, I think you shared with me that there's some 3,000 projects such as this or charities such as this um, and this one specifically is built on that, um, dare I say, that cheesy phrase, the Jesus ethos. Yeah, sure. That, there are 3,000 housing charities, many of them started by Christians. And what's happened over time is they've lost that passionate desire to proclaim, wisely and sensitively, we, we, we don't bash people's heads with the Bible, but Jesus said, I've come to release the oppressed and proclaim the good news. Well, last year we had 90% of ours who been in prison not go back so if you like they've been released from the oppression in prison also 20% of all our tenants were attending church on a regular basis so they're also hearing the good news and it's trying to keep the and it's trying to keep both of those and as far as I'm aware in this country those at size you know we now have 213 tenants in our houses there's no one no other charity of the 3,000 that's keeping both those sides to it right I, I love a good story. You tell loads of good stories in it, loads of real life stories, um, and uh, we all love to be inspired by stories. One of the things that really did strike me in a lot of your chapters that you wrote is the things that you've learned over the years and, and what you've gained from it in terms of your spiritual journey. Can you give us one or two highlights of that? Yeah, I mean, where, where do you start? And part of the reason I find this a hard question, part of the reason I wrote the book is I find this kind of question really hard to answer in, in two minutes. Um, you just, just, I think the Bible makes sense when you serve the poor, I think, uh, and when you meet the pain, when you meet the joy, when you meet the honesty uh, of those who are on the streets, uh, you have more honest conversations than you might ever in, in the back of a church, um, you're often more shocked, uh, you experience real heart, yeah, you experience pain either vicariously or directly, you experience disappointment, you experience great highs, um, and through all that, somehow your spirituality just grows. Somehow God is there. And you know, Jesus said, when you, when you uh, clothe the naked, I am there. And somehow you do meet with Jesus. I haven't given you any specific examples there, but that's the general thing. Um, and as you say, there are loads of stories I could tell, but read the book. The key to that is read the book because there is a huge amount of stories in there which um, does um, unpack a lot of um, what you've learned um, over the years. You've been running, what, 10 years now? Mm. So is this, is this your actual 10th year? Do you do a celebration, 10-year celebration? We would have done. Yeah. We had a plan for March the 20th and then COVID came. Yeah. But actually it's this month when we opened our first house, 10 years ago. Oh, um, July 10 years ago. Yeah. Right. Excellent. Okay. So you've got 213 tenants, 90% of your tenants that come from prison don't go back into prison? Correct, so last year we had 53 that had been in prison, 90% uh, of those didn't return to prison, that's a statistic any charity in the country would be proud of or stand up against. Uh, 90 Of all our 300 tenants that passed through our houses last year, 92% uh, maintain their tenancy. Now that doesn't may not sound a lot but trust us in the, in the sector that's a very high return i've not seen a charity be able to, to, 
to boast that high return. And these are measurements that you can you can talk about in the secular world, but it's happening because of Christians and because of prayer and because you know Moses says, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't if your presence doesn't join us, don't go let us go from this place. And that's a prayer we so often pray, Lord, if we're going to do anything, can your presence be in it? And if your presence is there, our measurable outcomes ought to match any in the country. That's the kind of theory. Yeah. Um, and that's the hope to keep Jesus, to keep God, to keep the Holy Spirit right at the centre of all we do. Um, and, and that's one of the reasons why we partner with churches. Every single house we open always have the church there. So then if, we, if that's the first tenant that we never break as an organisation, no matter how big we get, we'll always have a Christian spirituality going into that house. So correct me if I'm wrong, you get investors with their own money, often with property, letting you have the keys to their property and let total strangers, ex-convicts, ex-drug habit dealers, prostitutes, are there people like that in this world? Yeah, I mean, uh, when I started, people asked me that very question, you're doing what? Well, we now have, the best answer to that question is we have 75 houses. Uh, we have 20 houses in the pipeline now. And most of that is bought, built on the wealth of Christians. It's a tremendous testament to Christians. They've got some wealth. Um, and it's a sense of God's love for the poor working in them and saying they want to share that wealth with the poor they buy a house so it's still a sound financial investment they lease it to us they take the risks that you've just outlined uh, but they're motivated because they want to, to, to the, the, a social return on that investment they want to see the lives transformed of the poorest in their communities and they're prepared to take that risk and actually if you look at the quality of our houses and we you know it's you know people look after our houses if you if you give someone something they value they will value it and uh, our houses are well maintained of course i can tell some stories where some have been badly maintained we've had to do them up of course i can but in the main our tenants look after our houses well we show them respect we show them trust and they return that matthew 25 37 to 40. then the righteous will answer him lord when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did it to the one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Hope Into Action was started in partnership with local churches to provide homes for the most vulnerable in our society. So the way it works is this. Investors buy a property, retain ownership, but lease it to us for five years. And we then turn those houses into homes. We partner with churches to join us in our efforts by providing prayer, friendships and community. It overwhelms me, to be honest, because if I couldn't find permanent accommodation, my children would have been taken away from me. It all helps, you know, it helps when someone's just prepared to sit and to listen to what you're going through.
It just makes you feel like you're human again. And there is people out there that actually care. We are Hope Into Action, enabling churches to house the homeless. Can you give us a sort of um, an insight to an idea of where some of these people are? You're taking people that are often very broken, very damaged, um, very lost in their own identity. Um, and, you know, how do you start with a person like that? Well, the first thing to say is we absolutely, let's take someone who's got a heroin addiction or a cocaine addiction or an alcohol addiction. We absolutely believe that in a moment, God can heal that person from that addiction. Um, and we pray for that. As yet, that hasn't happened uh, in our houses. But if it did, you would still have years of work of healing and restoration and redemption in, in, for that person to, to gain wholeness. And you only have to understand your own journey of faith and your own journey with sin to recognize that's the case or certainly is for me. So the, that's the first thing is don't have false expectations of what God can do in a moment in these tenants' lives. Uh, the second thing to say, so, so, so in other words, what I'm saying is we're all on a journey of redemption and healing for all our lives, and there will be no different. The second thing to say is they are actually just like you. They are human beings, and we put labels on them, you know, addiction, addicts, whatever, prostitute, whatever these, but actually... They crave love, they crave relationship, they crave security, they crave uh, affirmation, they crave identity, everything the Christian faith offers actually. And if you treat them as a human being with respect and that respect comes from your heart, they'll respond to that in a positive way. Why? Because they're a human being. So yes, you can use words like chaotic and complicated, but we try to ultimately, they're a human being, you know, and don't be put off by these labels Go in trusting that if you can find love in your heart for them, they'll perceive that through your tone and through body language, and they'll want to build a positive relationship with you. In my early days as a Christian, I remember somebody um, teaching me, um, again, one of these wonderful Christianisms um, and cheesy Christian phrases, that risk is spelt F-A-I-T-H, mm. uh, and it clearly is a risky business when you're dealing with people, it's risky business. Um, we are risky people. <laughs> we, we, we can be unpredictable and um, we can never guarantee how we're gonna react or land up in life. Um, and, and I'm sure we've all got stories to tell on that. What is it you would like to see from local churches like Breton Baptist Church? Well, firstly, I'd love to say thank you to Breton Baptist because the, the support uh, that Breton Baptist has had often very sort of humbly uh, in terms of, uh, if I start to list it, I could go on forever, but tr trust me, that it's provided so much more, spiritually, financially, emotionally, staff-wise, everything else. Uh, so first thing to say thank you. What, perhaps the, the hardest thing to give, and perhaps that's fallen away in the last year or so, is that time for our tenants. There are, Breton Baptist has two houses with four tenants in, and what our dream is, is they would build lasting relationships with members of the church. Uh, and yeah, our, our ultimate dream is they would be discipled by the church. That happens with some, it doesn't with others. But either way, we can provide them love and we can try and provide lasting relationships so that we add stability into their lives. So we add uh, positive role models, um, positive relationships, genuine love that's unconditional, non-judgmental. 
And our belief is when we do that, we will meet with Jesus somehow. Um, sometimes you meet in the pain of Jesus, but sometimes you get great joy and great jubilation through it also. So the main thing, in short, would be that, that desire to build relationships with our parents. What final words could you share to encourage people to um, understand the privilege it is to support people just like us mm. who have just gone on a different path to some of us? Yeah, I, I would just... The best spiritual buzz I've had, and the best spiritual buzzes I've had in the last ten years. I've been to New Wine, I've been to Soul Survivor, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've been up mountain tops. The spiritual buzzes I've had are from my work at Open Direction, and um, they're often really small. Sometimes you journey with someone for five years and you get a text saying, "Ed, I've just got a job." It sounds tiny, but you just, it, you know, those are some great. Uh, I got an email today of uh, a Muslim lady who fled domestic violence and was trusted to be looked after by a church. And uh, I know now she's volunteering in the church on a daily basis. You know, Amen. it's things like that. Um, I've had a conversation with that lady about Jesus. Th those tiny things give me a spiritual buzz. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and growth comes from that as well. Those, again, another perhaps Christianism, maybe it didn't come from that um, scene, as it were, but um, what makes an ocean? Mm. Little drops. Mm. Mm. Um, and it's those little drops that can make a world of difference mm. for people. Ed, I really thank you for the opportunity mm. just to interview you. Um, I feel privileged to have you in our church and for you and what you're doing with your crew at um, Hope Into Action, um, how it ch challenges me as a pastor as I lead and encourage us engage in the things that I believe Jesus would want us to engage in, uh, which is reaching people who are found themselves in a situation where they, they don't even know how they got there. Mm. And, and we had that privileged opportunity of um, serving the way Christ yeah. showed us. Mm. So thank you very much for this time. And uh, we look forward to seeing how Hope Interaction continues to grow and how we as a church can be more engaging in that. Mm. Oh, Amen. Right. Yeah, brilliant. Oh, great job. Matthew 25:41-43. Then he will say to those at his left hand, "You that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty." and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me, naked and you did not give me clothing, sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Okay, I'm joined together with uh, Paddy Ryan. 
That's oh, correct. Did I get that right? Yeah, you did. Excellent. Amazing. And we're in North Breton Park to uh, chat more about Hope Into Action. So um, I had the privilege of meeting Paddy a couple of weeks ago, and we sort of caught up with each other and chatted with a, the team at Breton. And um, Paddy's going to share with you a bit about who he is and what his role is. So over to you, Paddy. So as you can guess, my name's Paddy Ryan. It's actually Patrick Ryan. Um, born and bred in Peterborough. Um, I know we're a rarity now. Um, but uh, Hope Into Action, my role at Hope Into Action has the really big title of Church and Tenant Empowerment Worker. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, try putting that on a form. And try and say that when you've had too many sherbets. strong drinks. Sherbets, I'll say. Obviously we don't have strong drinks. Well, you might have strong coffee. Coffee, maybe, yeah. 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 Um, uh, and um, I've been with Hope Into Action, and I'm actually about to enter my fifth year with Hope Into Action. Um, and my heart is for uh, getting people back on track. So what does that what does that mean? Impact. What, what do you mean by getting people back on track? We, we've heard from Ed about what Hope Into Action is, and it's about churches, um, Hope Into Action, and uh, homes, uh, and making homes where people feel loved, um, and valued, appreciated, and empowered. Um, so what what does that mean for you? Seeing people get put on track. Being back. So you know, people. We all get knocked in life. Life is, is hard. So yeah, back on track means really letting people have that space to find their own potential, find their, probably not full potential, but have that belief in themselves again and give them an opportunity to um, have a base to which the rest of life can be entered into again, like getting a job, meeting up with family again that they've probably not seen for years. It, uh, you know, it, it's about it is about stability. It's about regaining self worth, self purpose. That, that's for me, is is what getting back on track is. Um, in the last five years, uh, how many? Roughly, if you can give us a number, have you seen people move on and get that sense of rhythm of life and settling in and um, having an, you know, a, a, a natural uh, flow and stability in life? Well, with the houses I've looked after, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm going to be really honest and open, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not an easy job and sometimes you have to give bad news as well as good news. But I would say I have seen people turn the, the corner and move forward in at least half a dozen cases amen that's good and that's just with me yeah so that's good and what what would you say is the most difficult part of your work you're saying that you know it's, it's, it's not always it doesn't always um have its wonderful moments there are difficult moments what would you say is the most difficult or one of i mean the, the joy is to get i've, I've literally move somebody i pick somebody off the street to move them into a house right on the same day wow i had to go and collect them off the street wow. but on the same with, with you give with one hand you can take with the other yeah and i've actually had to say right and i, I remember doing this with two guys on the same day and they just they just wouldn't listen or that 
they wouldn't, they weren't prepared to change, and so I had to evict them. Do you, do you find some some of the tenants that you've um, you know um, met over the years find it really hard to receive that um, pure love, that genuine love that hope into action is is thrives on? Um, how do they react to some of that love? Because it must be countercultural to some people. I think some with some people the the hurt and the regret and the guilt is so deep seated that it it, uh, it goes against the grain almost. Um, and to say you know when you hear somebody say to you, look, I think you're worth you're worth the time and the effort. They can't really believe it. And that's what I love about Hope Interaction, what I've learned so far since being in Peterborough for the last six months, is the time that, that people from Hope Interaction put in and the churches um, and the unconditional love um, rings right through the whole organisation. Now, we, as, as you know, I've been working with Hope Interaction since I've been here to work out um, developing a team here at Breton. Um, if there were people um, that wanted to get involved, that felt they are able to, to offer some time, in what ways could you encourage people to uh, to explore that? So, um, we, we do uh, training called Hope Training, and uh, all of the team we have, like our team leader Rachel, uh, who you no, no doubt will hear from. Um, and, but I, when I do my part, I always ask that the more the merrier, because um, you need that you need that backroom team for prayer support. Um, prayer is the bedrock of everything. Um, you do need people to meet with the people in the house, whether it be guys or girls, um, and you need, you need a fair few of them because I believe that you need like a substitute system because otherwise people can get burnt out, worn out, disillusioned. Uh, because the way I would frame the, the training is, you know, going going expecting nothing, and everything else is a bonus. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, a, a good, a good. You need a good amount of people, like for, for the two houses, Breton support. I would say you need between two and four people per house just to visit, and then the back to that, you probably need another two or four in reserve. Um, and if you if you are interested, I mean, it is just meeting people. You don't have to meet at the house. It can be a neutral venue, coffee, uh, you know, Costas, Starbucks, wherever, fish and chips, um, walking the dog, whatever. Um, and the time expected is not going to exceed an hour. So you're saying whatever skills you've got or whatever qualities you've got. If you have a heart to love other people, then there's a place for you at yeah. Hope Into Action. Most, most definitely. Thanks. I mean, that my, my skill set stems all. In the last 20, about 20 years, I've worked in criminal justice, in drug services, worked in a factory for 14 years prior to that. Um, and it's learning to listen to other people, to be just to be just to be part of the the chat don't take you know you don't have to take on anything too seriously 
it's just being a normal person. So if you like chatting, if you like sitting and drinking whatever favourite drink you've got, <laughs> um, then Hoping to Action would love to hear from you. Yeah, and the person to you for you to see is uh, Liz Hallam. Liz Hallam. And you would have seen her photo and her role in the church. And we're going to hear a bit more about how we can prayerfully support Hope Interaction a little bit later in the service. Paddy, thank you for um, taking this opportunity okay. to meet with me, to uh, have coffee with me and to um, share with our church about uh, Hope Interaction and your involvement and how we can be involved together as a church with Hope Interaction. Thank you for including me in your worship. Bless you, mate. Amen. God bless. <laughs> Matthew 25, 44 to 46. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did, not do it to one of the least of these who did not do it to me and these will go away into eternal punishment but the righteous into eternal life good morning breton baptist church my name is rachel and i am the empowerment worker facilitator for peterborough which means I manage the team of empowerment workers in Peterborough and also have oversight of the partner churches, houses and tenants. Now, Pastor Brian has asked me uh, for some areas for prayer. As you may know, Breton Baptist Church support two Hope Interaction houses. So please pray that those houses will be secure dwelling places and places of rest and restoration for those that live there. Please pray for our tenants, that they make good connections with their empowerment worker and with their friendship and support group volunteer. Please pray that they'll be filled with hope and feel empowered to take those steps towards rebuilding their lives. And also please pray that they will feel loved by the church. For those of you that like to pray the scripture, uh, please pray, you know, Isaiah 58 uh, verse 6 and Isaiah 61 verses 1 to 3 that talk about chains of injustice uh, being loosed and bro broken hearts being bound up and you know freedom for captives and good news being preached yeah so for those of you that feel inspired please pray those scriptures over our over our tenants and houses Please pray for the Peter Green Empowerment Worker team that we would be strong, that we would make wise decisions. And please pray for Hoping to Action as an organisation as we seek to fulfil the vision of every church lovingly making a home for the homeless. Thank you for your time. 